Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Thank you very much for listening today. It's been a real pleasure to have you with us, uh, but we're not done yet. My next guest is Kathleen McEntee from Kathleen McEntee and Associates Limited. She has been on the show before, and she's the founder and president of Kathleen McEntee and Associates Limited, a full-service marketing firm that provides branding and logo development, messaging, marketing collateral, and PR, along with online presence through social media, website development, and reputation management to businesses. She's best known for her ability to quickly understand a business by listening to business needs so that she can develop a plan that focuses on the customer experience, and she and her firm help clients open the door to their target markets and uh, really understand exactly what they're doing with their marketing. So, Kathleen, welcome back. Thanks so much for joining me once again. Um, it's my pleasure entirely, Bill. Well, thank you. I, I uh, really, you know, I've got so many great comments from our last interview. Uh, wanted to have you back on, and uh, I see we have a pretty good agenda here. But before we jump into that, can you just fill our listeners in a little bit more about uh, how you got started in this in this uh, career, and a little bit more about what you do for your clients? Sure. Um, I was in corporate America for a very long time, mostly on the sales side, uh, eventually uh, taking on the marketing initiatives as well. And after 20-something years in sales and marketing for corporate America, uh, I'm uh, I'm pretty vocal. So after fighting the bureaucratic and political battles internally, I figured we were spending too much time fighting each other and fighting the competitors. So I decided to jump off the cliff, um, get out of that, uh, that mail stream, and, and do it for clients who really wanted to focus on, their, um, on strategy. Uh, so I started out um, helping clients with strategy, but what I really found um, rewarding and what they really needed was to be able to talk about who they are, what they did, and most importantly, what distinguished themselves from the competition. Because business owners today, you know, they know how to talk about their, their company to people they're familiar with um, and the products they make. But sometimes it's hard to get it, you know, to kind of crystallize it all so that people get what you do and get what makes you different. And, um, and that's really where we're focused on. So um, I kind of evolved into full-service marketing. Um, and so we provide everything from logo and branding uh, to um, marketing collateral. 
website design, social media, uh, and PR. So we provide really a full service. We can be, be an outsourced marketing department, support an in-house marketing department, or work on projects that, uh, that clients want to use. But our focus really is helping, helping organizations distinguish themselves from their competition. You know, that makes a, a tremendous difference in whether a company succeeds or not, how consumers uh, gather a first impression about a company and what their business is called. And I've noticed uh, just recently um, a lot of uh, big uh, financial companies uh, have changed their names to appeal to a new emerging crowd of consumers. Um, for instance, I'll give you an example um, uh, uh, ING, a big insurance company and financial services company, changed their name to Voya just recently. Uh, another mm-hmm. one, because this is the world that I'm in, MetLife changed to Bright House. And it leaves you just scratching your head sometimes wondering, number one, uh, how can you abandon a brand uh, and, and how can you choose um, another name like that? That just must be such a, a difficult process to to uh, uh, try to you know figure out okay here's what we did for the last hundred years here's what we're going to do for the next hundred years at what point does a company start to think maybe my brand isn't my brand name isn't working and I need a new one uh, you know it, that's a you bring up an interesting point because we went through this with a client about a year ago here's the thing. Today, you really have to reach your audience how you have to kind of get in the mindset of your audience in order to reach them. So what are they going to get about your company that you want them to get? And sometimes, I mean, it's like anything else. Look at Federal Express changed to FedEx. United Parcel Service changed to UPS. Today, probably half the users of FedEx and UPS have no idea that that used to be the name. Um, Marriott just changed their reward system to Bonvoy, and I thought, how ridiculous is that? But you know what? It's a short acronym for Bon Voyage. So, mm-hmm. you know, larger companies can do that. We just I mentioned we just went through that with a smaller firm who's actually in financial services. They're financial advisors. And they they brought us in to take a look at you know what they did and their firm name and the and the owner of the firm said, do anything you want. If you think we need to change the name of our company, let's do that. I'm very reluctant to do that sort of thing because that is a major major undertaking, and a huge hassle, especially in financial services when you have to change everything around. Yes, involved yeah. with the SEC and whatnot. But we changed, and and they said we don't want our name on the firm. We want our firm to to make make an impact so that people understand what we're doing. And and so we can I name the firm, and then sure. I'll give you an example. Okay with me. Is that okay? Okay. <laughs> yes. So the name of the firm was Foothill Financial, and they're located over in Claremont, uh-huh. and. And they had a really good reputation in Claremont, but as the owner said, Foothill meant, means absolutely nothing to anybody. Well, we all kind of know it's the Foothills, but the, you know, the broader you expand, expand your base, the less people know what that means. 
Yes. And so at first I was very reluctant and I said, you know, we could do a lot with, you know, with a logo and messaging. I don't know that this is what you want to do. Well, we had, we uh, retained the lawyer and had the lawyer look into it. And sure enough, there were other people who had, who kind of had the same name, even though they were, um, they started after us, there would have been a big whole thing to try to unravel that. And he said, you know what, let's just change the name and be done with it. So we came up with several names that would be meaningful. We went through a process. We talked about who is our client and, you know, what would be meaningful to them. And then, you know, many times the name of a firm can be taken out of something they're already doing, but they kind of don't see that. So as we were going through all of their all of their processes that they use to um, meet with clients, one of the processes is a questionnaire. You know, you know, tells everything about yourself, what your um, what your assets are, what are your liabilities, how many kids do you have, all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And the name of the questionnaire was the Life Steps Questionnaire. And I looked at it and I said to them, "Here's the name of your firm, Life Steps." And so Life Steps, the Life Steps questionnaire has evolved into Life Steps Financial. And it makes perfect sense because if you get a financial advisor early to help you, you know, focus and preserve and increase your wealth, they're going to walk through Life Steps with you. And, and it was a huge undertaking. They had a lot of work to do on the back end. But you know what? The transition was a lot easier than we had ever anticipated. I mean, it took a few weeks for us to be answering the phones, life steps, and all that sort of thing. It took right. several announcements. We had to have, we, we mailed it, we emailed it, we broadcasted it on social media. We had a whole plan together. We made a press release, all that sort of new website. But at the end of the day, the transition was good, and it the name now resonates with clients of theirs and prospects they kind of know what they do before they even get there so and it, it doesn't it, it doesn't have the connotation of being a kind of a geographical uh, location like oh we're in the like if we were glendale financial for instance as an example or um, exactly. or another mistake people seem to make a lot and that is to brand it after their name which yeah. We talk a lot about sustainability, which is, are you, you know, are you a hundred-year company? Is your company, uh, are people going to be, you know, wondering where is, where is John Smith? If you're John Smith Financial, right. if you know, are you doing this for ego, or is this, is this really a sustainable brand? Can you talk about that a little bit? Because we see a lot of firms changing from um, names to uh, initials or or other um, iterations of that. Yeah, I think it depends on what your mindset is and where you want your uh, the direction of your company to lead. When I started my firm, which we're going into our 16th year now, uh, when I started my firm, everybody said, um, and I kind of didn't know the direction I was going to head because I thought I was going to be focusing on strategy and it would be me, an assistant, and and it's kind yeah. of in, evolved from there. And so everybody said, do not put a name to your company. Put your name on the company because you are what's powering the strategy behind the company. So that's what I did. 
Um, and for the first few years, I was very self-conscious about it. But, 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 in, but for me, this works well because I am powering the company because I do all the strategy. We have people to do kind of the underlying work, but I do the strategy. I don't have visions of growing my firm into a national firm. I've been there and done that, and I have no interest yes. in that. Right. Conversely, though, if someone had an interest, if you have a product or a service that you want to scale nationally and internationally to become a large firm, then that's there's an opportunity to to change to to switch from having your name on the firm to either initials or um, or something that's much more meaningful that can resonate with your client base. So I think it depends upon really the direction you want to take your firm. It, it makes total sense. I mean, there there's, uh, uh, again, different reasons for doing different things. Um, the, the whole concept of marketing seems to be changing like every day. Uh, what are some of the latest trends that you're seeing or, or where should businesses place emphasis these days? Um, I think there's probably the three top things that people need to be focused on in marketing is talking to the audience. You see so much promotion, advertising, you know, no matter where you mm -hmm. see it, talking almost like in the third person, like uh, talking about a company rather than using language that will resonate with their audience. They know who their audience is, whether the audience is a millennial, whether the audience is a business owner, whether the audience is an engineer. So many, those, those that are most successful in their marketing efforts are talking straight, are identifying who their audience is and then talking to them. And if they have different audiences, they're, they're identifying those audiences and the medium, those audiences where they want to reach them, and they're talking to an audience in a medium so that that company makes sense. That's probably the most important, one of the most important trends right now. And the other thing is the customer experience. So many firms think that the customer experience um, kind of begins when they've sold, you know, when they've closed the sale. The customer experience begins when a firm's name is a twinkle in a prospect's eye. So it's the first time they see an ad online or the first time they see a yes. press release or the first mm -hmm. time they meet someone. And then it's all through the customer experience, not only when they've sold the customer, through yes. the delivery of the product or service, and more importantly, afterwards. So yeah. now some are overkill. You know, every time I turn around, I'm getting, uh, could you please, could you please give us a survey? Tell us what you like. I mean, sometimes, right. it, you know, that's ad nauseum, and then you you tend to wipe that out. But by and large, the customer experience today is more important than ever, and we can thank Amazon for that, right? So Amazon has transformed the customer experience. And whether you compete with Amazon or not, they have transformed the expectations of the customer. And, and so that is kind of like the second trend. And then the third thing is video, video, video. 
people yeah. are engaging and people are are paying more attention to videos than they are for static information than ever before. And videos need not be high-tech, professionally produced, scripted, and all that sort of thing. Um, yesterday, we were actually at Life Steps um, uh, uh, because we shot five five videos. I shot five videos. We're going to polish them up. Our, we're going to edit them a little bit, and we're going to we're going to in um, put those in our social media mix because they don't have to be so much high tech. Sometimes high tech turns people off because it's staged. Yes. Sometimes you just need to hear people from the heart, and and video will do that. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about um, a new a new concept that seems to be emerging. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's an insurance-based commercial with uh, Dennis Quaid, a series of commercials with Dennis Quaid on TV now, and they're all about lifting the veil, about letting the, for instance, uh, there's a commercial where he's talking about insurance on his cell phone. He says, don't worry, I'm not I'm not really on the phone, and it, it backs away to show him being towed, his car being towed by a film crew. In other words, lifting the veil <laughs> yeah. and letting people in on the the making of the the technical making of the commercial. He calls people by their their uh, script names like "Oh, nice to see you, actor number two or something like that. And so this whole mm-hmm. lifting the veil and letting the the public in on that is that is that a clever play or is it, it you know I, I don't even know what insurance. <laughs> a company it represents to be honest uh, a lot of commercials seem to be like that it's more about the the memorable entertainment now geico's been brilliant with the gecko right yeah. um but uh, but yeah. is, is this what we're going to see more and more of is like what did they just advertise but i liked it yeah i i haven't seen it i think the concept is terrific and that's really where the creatives come in because I'm not creative like that. I'm pretty creative, but that dynamicism, dynamicism really uh-huh. isn't my strong suit. Uh, I, I, um, I really like when people can bring in those clever aspects of advertising because the key is to make it memorable. And the yes. whole unveiling thing and making it less formal, more casual, more speaking to the audience – is is in indeed going to engage the audience? Yeah, the the audience might take away. Well, these guys are seem to be straight shooters. They don't they don't hold back mm-hmm. anything. It's not too polished. Yep. And you know, the, being being different sometimes me, means uh, uh, being a little bit unusual. But of course, keeping things simple as always. I just saw some political commentary saying, you know, how great political slogans throughout the years have always been three or four words. You know, you, it's got to be pertinent, memorable, yeah. and, and succinct. Uh, but is there a place for old-fashioned marketing like brochures and print ads and things like that these days? Is there any more room for those, or are they outdated? Well, think about it. You know, we're bombarded. I think the last statistic um, that I saw was we're bombarded with 12,000 messages a day uh, in advertising, right? So from the time you get up in the morning, either you're turning on the TV or you're listening to the radio, you're going to the coffee pot, you see the Folgers sign on the can, all that sort of stuff until you close the light at night. When you hop into bed, you're bombarded with messages. So 
up until about two, three years ago, the statistics were that you had to see a message seven times for it to go from the back of your mind to the front of your mind. Well, now it's 21 times. So you have to see that message 21 times for someone to be memorable and top of mind. And think about it. Consumers, uh, consumers accept information in different ways. So I'm online all day long because we do a lot via email and connecting with our clients and, you know, with our team and whatnot. The last thing I want to do is read the news online. Not interested. So yeah. I'm watching the, the TV news, right? Other people, um, other people um, thrive on reading the news online. Sometimes I just want to sit down and flip through a magazine. I don't want to be bothered with that. Um, uh-huh. Other people like all those kind of ads. And if you think about it, think of the mail you get in your business these days. We really don't get a lot of, um, of direct mail anymore. Right, right. So direct mail is on the rise, believe it or not. We just issued a direct mail for a client who wanted to be in a very specific, targeted, like a, a gated community. They wanted to drop a message to their members in that community. Direct yes. mail was the best way to do that. Um, yeah. So, and print, you know, if you're in the medical business, many times, like I, I live in the Palm Springs area, one of the hospitals here produces a great magazine to either former patients or patients that are part of, you know, doctor's practices and whatnot and or friends of the community. And that gets a huge, um, huge readership and the advertisers get a huge uplift because it's a very targeted magazine. We advertise in that for one of our other clients. And so it really depends. There is a place for what I'll call the old-fashioned marketing way. It has to be targeted. You have to have a strategy behind it. There has to be a reason. But everything can live side by side, you know, in today's thriving <laughs> thriving economy and thriving consumer and business community because we now have to get to them 25 times. That's amazing. And I've, I've heard that, you know, that 12,000 marketing messages, I think I heard it when it was a much smaller number years ago. Uh, of course, it grows exponentially, but, uh, and the, the key takeaway there was that's more impressions than our grandparents saw in a year. Um, you know, yep. it's just, a, our filters have gotten that much better. So that's why things that seep in to our, our memory, um, like, you know, the, uh, uh, whatever it is that you might have searched for now shows up in your newsfeed uh, as a as a Google ad. Uh, it's just incredible uh, how um, how things are keeping up. So if you're listening to this and you haven't had fresh eyes on your logo, your your marketing campaign, maybe even your brand name, uh, you you should have um, someone get in touch with you and and look at that. And no one's better at that than Kathleen McEntee. I've really enjoyed our last couple of interviews and, and the great tips that you've brought to our listeners, Kathleen. So I really appreciate you coming on board and helping me again today. What's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you and find out more about you? Um, you can um, reach me at uh, uh, via email, um, 
probably the best way is to go to our website, kmcentesoc.com, uh, and it would be info at kmcentesoc.com, or they can call me directly uh, at area code 760-262-4060. Well, there you go, listeners. Uh, please uh, get in touch with Kathleen. And Kathleen, thank you so much. I hope that uh, we get a chance to talk again soon, and you keep, do a great job of keeping us up to date on this ever-changing subject. So once again, thank you. Thank you so much, Bill, and you have a good day. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 